0: Wisconsin's Afternoon News is on the air. Broadcasting live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in beautiful downtown Milwaukee.
1: Here's John McCure. All right. On a Brewers Victory Wednesday, Sandy Max is here. Greg Matzick at the ballpark. Debbie Lazaga is here. And Adam Roberts is producing the show. Today's one of those days that uh, is an important day to just recognize, pause a moment for where we are as a nation and the sacrifices that some people make. It is Gold Star Spouses Day. This is a day set aside to honor these spouses and their families that have lost a loved one in the military, someone who died serving our country. So that's what we do today. I find on this day myself thinking about Michelle Whitmer, who is 20 years old, And she and her two sisters, including her twin, were both serving in a military unit in Baghdad in 2004. Together, the three sisters were there in a unit together serving. And Michelle Whitmer went out on a night patrol to protect an Iraqi police station. Um, Her patrol was overrun, and she was killed. And her two sisters were still there in country. And they came home, and they were allowed to serve out the rest of their service here Stateside. But I find myself thinking on this day where we recognize the spouses of fallen military leaders and other family members, I find myself thinking about her dad, John Whitmer, her mom, Lori Whitmer, twin sister, Charity, her older sister, Rachel, and all of those that make the sacrifice and the families that are left behind because it's so tough for them. And I've met and talked to many of them over the last few years, and they're left here to pick up the pieces, to raise families, to carry on. Very difficult situation, an important day that we recognize those Devastating folks.
2: Devastating loss, yet also kind of balanced out by this great sense of pride. You know, mm-hmm. th- you have to be proud of your children, your spouse, who take on this duty and then wind up giving the ultimate sacrifice. Certainly doesn't make the grieving process easier, but um, we talked with Brandon Snide earlier, who you hear on Wisconsin's Morning News reporting sports. He also produces Steve's Scafidi's show. Well, Brandon is a veteran of the Army including he served in Iraq and Afghanistan. And we asked his perspective on the kind of support that he has seen that exists for Gold Star spouses.
0: The VA does a great job, right? They do a great job of, of
3: getting spouses the help that they need. Each state's a little bit different. Wisconsin's really good with setting up the, the family with certain benefits, like whether it be medical or, or school benefits and stuff like that. So you know, federal and state government has, has, has stepped up and, and helped out in many ways.
2: And Wisconsin Department of Veterans Affairs, that's where you can turn for help as a Gold Star family member and many other types of assistance and support for veterans and their families.
1: Yeah, and the VA does a great job here. There's no doubt about that. So on this day, when we think about the brewers and we think about the election from yesterday and all that stuff, um, if you're a prayerful person, I'll do this. Take a moment and just pray for those people who have lost a family member, have lost a loved one, are now living after someone made the ultimate sacrifice wearing the flag on their shoulder and fighting under the stars and stripes for our country somewhere around the world or here in America. Just a a prayer of thought for those folks because this is a tough, tough day for sure. It is 414 at WTMJ. Got an interesting story up next. A guy with an iPhone situation that's leading strangers to knock on his door in the middle of the night. It's something that we can all relate to. Wait until you hear this story. That's up next, right after Traffic and Weather on WTMJ. Vince Vetrano is the host of Wisconsin's Morning News, and he is with us this afternoon. Hello, Vinny. How you doing? Do you use the uh, Find My iPhone app? Is that a thing that... Oh yeah, sure. Yes. Unfortunately, I now, have were to your use it occasionally.
3: Your girls are older than my kids. So, did they have Yeah, they did and they still do
1: and we have this discussion of course. Yeah, my girls live far away, but yeah, absolutely. They and we're all iPhone family.
3: Yeah, okay. So
2: So if you have the Find My Phone app, then you can literally see where your phone is or where the phone yes. of your family members
3: where are. it physically useful, is. Useful in so many ways, not the least of which is if you lose your phone or you get it stolen. For example, Greg Matzik in London. Yep. What,
1: yeah, was Got it a, a bike swipe.
3: or a scooter? A dude on a bike drove right. by and snatched it out of snatched his hand. Snatched the phone right out of his hand. Right as he was taking a picture of uh-huh. a bunch of fans, yeah. yeah. And so he eventually went to get a computer and I think logged on and did the Find My iPhone. And yep. he... Knew where it was. See, it in motion. It was at a sketchy house somewhere in London. Mm. So he had to go through the thought process of, am I going to go, like, try to get this <laughs> or whatever? Which I said in, in retrospect, I'm glad he didn't. Yeah. I'm like, Dude, you don't know what you're walking into at somebody's house. especially if it got house, stolen house. Uh, yeah. Anything. In yeah. a
2: foreign country in another neighborhood? Yeah. yeah.
3: Kind of the ship had already sailed. He had a new phone at that point and whatever. Well, interesting. There's this guy in Texas. His name is Scott Schuster. And a number of people have been coming to Scott Schuster's home at all hours of the night, banging on the door, demanding he come to the door, because they have lost or had their phone stolen, and they are doing the Find My iPhone, and it's pinging his address. What? How? Repeatedly. Different people? Like different this is happening people. frequently? More than a dozen times. Oh, my gosh. Over the last several what? years. He says every couple of months, there's another knock on the door. <laughs> and it's somebody demanding that he come to the door because they are sure he's got their phone. Because oh if you've lost my. your phone, you're not happy. Right. Period. <laughs> Even <laughs> if you misplaced it or if it got <laughs> stolen, you're not happy. You are a not happy. And if you've lost your phone and you think you've found it and it's in this guy's house, you're sure that somebody ripped it. Yeah. And yep. you're mad. And he's the guy. Yeah,
2: you're ready to punch Man, him. And it's old the nose. Scott
3: Schuster there in Richmond, oh. Texas, suburban Houston. How's this happening? He doesn't what? know. He's actually, according to ABC 13, which did the story down there, they had like their consumer reporter, 13 on your side or something like that. I don't know. She's, she's, <laughs> she's on Scott Schuster's side. She's trying to get to the bottom of it. <laughs> Schuster is in software development. She mentioned in her story that he has like a theory on how this is all playing out, but he's not exactly sure. And you know who can't help him? Apple. Really? Who has the bug in their system that keeps sending people to his house? You would think easy enough to fix, right? Yeah. There's something wrong here. There's a glitch right. in the system. Something is going on. He showed this reporter multiple contacts that he's had with Apple. Yep. Uh, instant messaging. Um, he's filed a... I don't know what a report was you him? can't
2: get a person. you, do you yeah, have to right. go talk to an Apple genius at the store and just try to get a person? But they can't help him? They have here, not been able to solve this?
3: He's been trying for a year to try to get Apple to fix this, and they can't or won't. <laughs> people wow. keep showing up. And the guy, like it's a little bit funny, but it's not so much in that he's got young kids at the house, too. He says mm. kids sometimes are afraid to go to sleep because these irate oh, people are gosh. showing up. And just think of what people are capable of right now, right? Yep. And yep on the flip yep. side, if you think there's somebody in there who's got your stuff, you're mad. So he's worried that someone might turn violent on him. Break but into his house. The authorities don't know what to do with it because they're like, well, what do you want us to do? Like, yeah, She had one video of this lady. That, well, I'm about to call the police. I'm uh, going to call the police. I'm sure he's like, fine, let's get him over
0: here.
1: that's
2: brutal. Because. The person at the door is not going to be particularly rational. So if you're the, the homeowner, if you're Scott Schuster, no, really, I don't right. have it. Like, what are you going to say? That Come doesn't in make my sense. house? Yeah, like, right. That doesn't make sense to me. That, says doesn't. right here, right. this is where my phone is. And then he says, watch this Action 13 report. Right. Wow. Now at least he has some credibility.
3: Like That's no. a rough
1: story. You want to hear another fun Cell phone story? Like your show. This sure. Is, this is can fun. I,
3: can I stay for a story?
1: So 50 years ago, the first cell phone call is made. The very no. first cell phone call. So here's what's happening. AT&T, Motorola. Remember Motorola, the yeah. Razor? Motorola and AT&T competing to be the first cell phone company that can make this work. And they know it's going to happen. It's kind of like going to the moon. It's going to happen. Who's going to get there first? Well, the guy in charge for Motorola is a guy named Marty Cooper. He's developing the phone. He's getting close. He's become colleagues and competitors with the guy at AT&T. A guy named Joel Engel. Well, guess what? Like One his, day, counterpart his
3: counterpart over there? His
1: counterpart. You know, mm-hmm. like the opposing managers sure, right. of a football team. They're both trying to win. They're both trying to get there. Well, guess what? Joel at AT&T is sitting at his desk on this day 50 years ago, and Marty Cooper rings his phone. Joel answers the phone. Joel, AT&T. Hey, Marty Cooper here. Guess what? I'm on a cell phone. No. I did it. I'm standing on Fifth (laughs) Avenue. I'm talking to
3: you through a cell phone. Guess who won? How you doing, Joel? He called dude. (laughs) Yeah. Didn't call his wife. Didn't call his mom. Didn't call his colleagues. He called Joel, the competitor at AT Yeah. Just to wave the ring in his face. (laughs) Yeah, How you doing? I'm on a cell phone. Remember when people used to go,
2: first... Run away. Yeah, yeah, like, exactly. That's what you did in 1973 You just went yep. right for the throat
1: Marty should have yelled scoreboard <laughs> yeah, <laughs> And hung up the phone By the way, they've caught up with both these guys this week Who are now in their 90s Marty Cooper says, ah, of course I remember that call yeah. That was great, I, I made the first call Joel Engel at AT&T Has no memory at all of this He says, <laughs> yeah, I don't he remember does. that <laughs> Yeah, he does Isn't that insane Well, I want to believe it's true yeah, me too. Let's just go with it. I like it better. Vince Vitrano is the host of Wisconsin's Morning News. Always good to have you with us. You Thanks, right, guys. How about that? So you're just minding your own business, and uh, people are knocking on your door. <laughs> uh, shows that my phone is in here. No, not really. Nope. Over and over and over. We'll have to
2: try and follow that and see if he can get resolution.
1: Yeah. How does this play out? Now that it's gotten publicity, there has to be some sort of resolution, right? And I mean, that's doesn't almost Apple always the way to do it. you yeah. do something?
2: Because and I, I was mentioning to you and Vince, it's I want a person. How hard is it to get a person? There's only so many times you can shout operator right. Right into your phone.
1: Right. That's right. difficult. Which by the way I always cracks my wife up because anytime I call any customer service, you know, you start the thing and I just go, operator, operator, operator. <laughs> And it takes forever sometimes to get through that that voice tree or whatever it's called, but I'm so impatient. And too. you can't
2: even say it nicely. You, you no. know, you could just say it nicely. but <laughs> Operator, please.
1: Please, operator. You're right, but it always comes out as operator.
2: Operator! So, so Scotty Schuster, will have to keep an eye on him in Texas yeah. and see if he gets that resolved. I think Vince will probably be following this. Yeah, I think you're right. He's on the d- right. he'll, he'll, he he yeah. follows things through, whether it's deodorant or, you know, <laughs>
1: Vince will be our guy yep. on this one. Afternoon news on WTMJ.
0: I've grown tired of traveling alone. Tired-
1: Type for Travel Wisconsin on Wisconsin's afternoon news, sponsored by TravelWisconsin.com. Oh, I'm so excited to welcome in our friend. She is Ann Sayers, a travel secretary, and hello.
4: Hi, team. How are we doing?
1: Doing excellent. And April's a great time of year to get out and about in our state, isn't it?
4: We have a bunch of fun festivals coming up. Everything from alpacas to grilled cheese. (laughs) (laughs) You have my attention
2: with the fuzzy buddies. We'll get there, though. We'll get there. Can we start with art, though, that makes us feel like it's springtime and unexpected?
4: Yes, this one is so cool. So when you're picturing springtime, your mind might immediately go to those gorgeous scenes of blooming flowers. And that's the imagery that you can also see at the Milwaukee Art Museum's Art in Bloom. This annual event will feature 27 intricately, emphasis on intricately, designed floral arrays in the museum's galleries. Regional florists arrange the flowers, the plants, and the artwork into this one-of-a-kind exhibit, and they compete for the judges and People's Choice Awards. The creations are going to be on display April 20th through the 23rd. The event is actually very popular, so you will want to purchase some tickets ahead of time. And additionally, Art in Bloom has an indoor garden and live music inside the museum, soaring Wendover Hall. And you can also shop for springtime accessories, decor, and more at the museum. I love a museum gift shop.
1: Oh, that is so fun. (laughs) Let's talk world-class jazz in Eau Claire.
4: Yes, the Eau Claire Jazz Festival. This is a tremendous opportunity to take in some unparalleled entertainment. The festival is a very long-running tradition. It's celebrating its 57th anniversary this spring. And on the nights of April 21st and 22nd, you can enjoy a series of concerts at the exceptional Pablo Center at the Confluence. Internationally acclaimed jazz artists Arturo O'Farrell and James Morrison will be performing along with the best of the best in regional jazz students. You're not going to miss the jazz crawl that's happening Friday, April 21st. Barstow Street in downtown Eau Claire is transformed into this massive music venue. More than 40 groups are going to be performing at various spots along the street, playing everything from jazz and ragtime to blues and big band.
2: Oh, that sounds fun. And from the sounds of jazz to getting out your spatula and showing off your spatula <laughs> skills in Dodgeville.
4: Well, you know we are serious about cheese in Wisconsin, so if you're looking to show off your spatula skills or maybe just do some taste testing, which is what I'm around for, head to Dodgeville on April 29th for the Wisconsin Grilled Cheese Championship. This too-gooey-to-be-true competition pits the best grilled cheese makers in the state against one another. It features a range of classes to compete in, like the classic sandwich, where it's only, you know, the butter, the bread, and the cheese is allowed. But other competition classes let you put extra toppings under the grilled cheese. So amateurs, professional cooks, and kids 12 and older are welcome to participate. This is the 10th annual Grilled Cheese Championship, and it's happening in Harris Park in the Lay Memorial Pavilion. Spectators can attend for free, but you can consider purchasing the VIP tickets so you can do the taste testing of the delicious sandwiches. At the end of the day, there is one unifying thing of all competitors, spectators, and, of course, sandwiches – the real Wisconsin cheese being celebrated. Oh,
1: I like that a lot. And I like alpacas, I think. Let's yes, talk you do. alpacas in <laughs> Madison. Tell us what's going on.
4: Okay, John, if you're feeling sleepy, <laughs> head to the Wisconsin Alpaca and Fiber Fest. That's in Madison. They have been canceled the last two years, but the festival is returning this year to line Energy Center in late April. It's merging now with the Great Midwest Alpaca Festival for a double show of fun, April 29th and 30th, there will be more than 300 alpacas competing for the premier livestock show. The festival is free and open to the public to attend. It starts at 8 a.m. each day. And in addition to the fleece show, visitors can check out the fiber arts contest, fiber classes, and seminars for those interested in learning more about alpacas Vendors will also be selling yarn, fiber, equipment, um, and alpaca themed items, along with soaps and baskets and other handcrafted goods.
1: Ann Sayers is the travel secretary. For more information, head to travelwisconsin.com. That's so much fun, Ann. Thank you so much for always making some time for us.
4: Absolutely. Happy spring.
1: Tim Sheehy is the president of the Metropolitan Milwaukee Association of Commerce. Hey, Tim, how are you? John, good to be with you and Sandy. Good to have you back here. Uh, the election yesterday, so Janet Perseyevich easily wins a seat on the Supreme Court. There was some stuff here in the city. There was one state senate contest. Uh, high overview, takeaways you have from the election and what went down yesterday.
0: So my takeaways are that candidates matter and elections matter. And we saw an unprecedented amount of money coming in from outstate, but that seems to be, you know, the course of where elections are going. The turnout was higher, but at the end of the day, um, there's no crying in baseball. And you congratulate the winners, pat the losers for running, and, and you move on. And I think obviously the big races that have a big impact were the statewide Supreme Court race the 8th Senate District, uh, which puts the Republicans in stronger control in the Senate, but that seats up again in two years. And then kind of unnoticed by everybody were the four seats on the Mount Pleasant board uh, where there were four incumbents running against four, let's call them anti-Foxconn candidates, and all four incumbents won.
1: That's, wow, that's very interesting. I didn't realize that.
0: Interesting little twist in Mount Pleasant.
1: I know it's hard to generalize, but you represent a lot of business interests How does business feel, or what do they think about when they think about what happened in the Supreme Court race?
0: Well, you know, I think businesses want stability, um, and, you know, there aren't a lot of business cases. There are some that get to the state Supreme Court. So I think, like anything else, they want stability and an assurance that people are going to enforce the laws on the books. So I'm not trying to take a position against either candidate. I'm just saying that's what they're looking for because that's how they operate.
1: I mean, I guess I think I've heard today that Act 10 is likely to be altered, if not kind of really rolled back. That would impact business.
0: It it certainly would, and it would impact uh, the city. And as we're going through the discussion on a sales tax and revenue sharing, one of the big ways that the city has saved is through Act 10. So if that gets turned on its head, it will turn a lot of other policies on their head.
1: Yeah. Good point.
2: You talk about stability in elections. Now we almost have a Milwaukee Common Council, (laughs) almost in case there's a recount for that one seat. But uh, do you think that's also positive for the city to finally have a unified common council? Because there's been people who've left for other positions like mayor.
0: Yeah, I think unified in the sense that it is full. Uh, not unified in the sense that everybody's going to view things the same way. But, yeah, it's a representative democracy, and I think we're all better served when all those seats are occupied uh, by somebody who can make decisions uh, on behalf of their constituents. So it's great to see that full complement of common council members uh, and the city council.
1: Tim Sheehy from uh, MMAC is with us in the studio. It's budget time in Madison. There's a big hearing today. Uh, Joint finance is going on. Money for public schools versus private charter schools once again being discussed. I know you feel very passionately about the importance of education. How do you view that discussion?
0: Sure. I was out there actually for five hours today, um, and there were hundreds of parents that turned out. And the way I would summarize this is, in, in the city of Milwaukee, one in five students is on grade level in fourth grade in reading and math. The biggest threat, in my opinion, to our economy is underdeveloped, uh, the underdeveloped education attainment because it's going to impact companies' ability to compete globally with, um, the talent the talent that they need and so here in the city we've got 45,000 students that are publicly funded that receive 5 to 7,000 less than their counterparts in MPS so the way i would sum this up john and sandy is to say we're asking these schools to educate 45,000 students and climb the mount everest of educational attainment without oxygen so we should at least be equally funding students, and that's the message I think that Joint Finance heard loud and clear today.
1: You know, we tried to have a discussion, I shouldn't say we tried, we had a discussion with the local superintendent a couple of weeks ago about the funding formula and the disparities in how Mm -hmm. districts and private and public schools are funded. Is there an appetite in Madison to change that? I mean, something needs to change.
0: Yeah, I really hope there is, and Howard Fuller, a former superintendent um, and a longtime champion of kids, put it really well today when he said, God didn't create the public school system so we can change it and what he means by that is that the delivery mechanism through traditional public schools through independent charter schools and through vouchers to schools going to private um, kids going to private schools we should equally fund those kits and that's the delivery system we have for public education the only thing we're missing is equal funding
2: as the construction on the convention center expansion continues it looks like we will have a new building nearby the new tempo hotel across from the Hyatt and next to Major Goolsby's?
0: Yes, and and I in the category remain to be stunned at the number of hotels (laughs) in the ground going up and being announced. Um, And the one that you're talking about on old journal Sentinel ground, I think is the one that just got approved. Mm -hmm. Um, And I saw another hotel I think um, that was in the process of being developed. So I I think it's great for the community and the hotel rooms. I I still remain stunned at um, who's using all those hotel rooms.
1: I am too. It's just an amazing, amazing thing. Uh, Speaking of construction progress on the Couture, what's the next phase going to look like? What can people expect? It's going to start to get exciting here pretty quick.
0: You know, it is. And I think at one point, if we talked about this, the Couture said once they got going, they were going to go up one floor a week. Uh, (laughs) Wow. And you can see the elevator shaft going up. I think that half the concrete in the building has already been poured because of the enormous base. And, of course, we can see where the streetcar is going to come in. And so the questions are, how fast does it go up? What's the new restaurant that's going to be put in that yeah. place? And what a stunning gem for our skyline.
1: Yeah, it's pretty cool, that's for sure. Uh, good news of the week. What's Tim Sheedy's yeah, good news? Yeah, two pieces
0: of good news for the week is uh, the 10 nothing opening day win in the Grand Slam. Yeah. And then the news I just learned about from you that we might hit 70 by the week's end. <laughs> Which is better than 40. <laughs> yes, it's better than 40. <laughs> They're
1: 5-1. Can you believe that? Unbelievable. It's a great start. Tim Sheehy is the president of the Metropolitan Milwaukee Association of Commerce. It's always fun to have you here, Tim. Thank you so much.
0: Thanks, John. Thanks, Sandy.